Hey, welcome to the Word Weaver podcast, a place dedicated to the powerful web words weave and the deep layers they uncover. Here you'll find a compilation of tips, tricks, and words of wisdom from writers, authors, creatives, and entrepreneurs. Basically, cool people doing cool things in the world and how they've used words as weapons of mass creation and inspiration. You'll also hear from me, your host, Louise Johnson. I'm a former marketing maven in New York and Switzerland. I left a lucrative job to follow my dream of becoming a writer. It's a never-ending journey, so I figured we should all be in it together. I've learned a lot along the way, but it's a constant evolution. My favorite part is how little by little, letters turn into words, words become sentences, sentences become paragraphs, and before you know it, you've created something from nothing. And whenever that happens in life, it's nothing short of magic. So grab a coffee or a glass of wine, and let's dive into today's chapter. All right, so welcome back to the Word Weaver podcast. I am here with Christina Nadanova. Hopefully I said your last name correctly. Yeah, that's right. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to chat with you. She is the 13-year-old best-selling thriller author and a writer for Ariana Huffington's Thrive Global. And your story is honestly just so inspiring for people of all ages. I am very honored that I get a chance to speak with you today. That means so much to me. Thank you. I'm also really excited to speak with you today. Oh, this is great. So first, how are you doing during this crazy world, this coronavirus pandemic? Yeah, well, I'm trying to hold on. I mean, it's obviously been a lot more difficult what with virtual school and just the entire pandemic and quarantine, but I'm trying to have a positive outlook on everything. Oh, that's so great. Thank yeah, I'm glad. so school's been going okay during COVID? Yeah, it's surely been a lot more different than I would expect but it's been going good. Yeah, thank you. So I'd love to go back a little bit to your reading life and childhood. Have you always loved books? And what sparked your dream of wanting to write one of your own someday? So I have actually loved books since I can remember. I believe I picked up my first chapter book at the age of five. And since then, I just fell in love with the craft of literature and writing. It was when I read my first um, Stephen King thriller novel that I truly realized I was really interested in that particular genre and I wanted to pursue an actual writing career there. So I decided to get started firstly with some short stories. And afterwards, once I was more comfortable with writing, I started to draft my first novel and finished a couple years later. Wow. When did you finish your first novel? Was that when you were 12 or 11? I finished at 11 and I moved into publishing process um, the same year and I got published at 12. Wow. So what did it feel like to publish your first book? That was the Black Sisterhood Files, right? Yes, that's correct. Honestly, such an amazing feeling just holding a piece of my own work in my hands. It's something that I would never really expect, but it was honestly just a really rewarding experience for me, the time when I actually got the opportunity to, to hold a paperback copy of my novel and realize that this is something I wrote. This is out there for the world to see and for other people to read and for other people to be inspired or learn something from it. And it was just, it was, it was almost unreal. It was very remarkable, for sure. That's amazing. And now you're a best-selling author. You're a regular podcast speaker. You've been featured on TV. It's just incredible what you've done at such a young age. And I'm sure you're sick of hearing people say at such a young age. No, no not at all. It, it makes me really happy to hear that every time. And I can't thank you enough. I'd actually love to know a little bit about the publishing process for you and how long it took you to write the book. And then how did you pick the cover design and go through the publishing journey? 
So I believe I began to write my first draft at eight and I obviously went through a couple drafts before I actually secured one that I liked because I didn't right away jump to the thriller genre. I actually started off experimenting with fantasy and dystopian, which didn't quite work out for me because it's just not the type of genre that I'm comfortable writing in. So I began to draft the Black Sisterhood Files when I was eight. I finished up at around 11 because, you know, in between school and trying to maintain a social life and I guess being a kid, it was pretty hard to write a novel. But so, yeah, it did take me, I guess, longer than you would expect. But I finished at 11 and at first it was a really toiling process to get it published because I would get rejections left and right. I mean, I would open my email every single morning and there would be just floods from publicists and literary agents who rejected my work because either it wasn't a good fit for them or they just didn't want they just didn't want to get it out in the world. Some even said that I was too young to be writing and too young to be pursuing a published book. Never. Which at first it really did hinder my progress because, you know, I was still a kid and I was really hurt by all those negative comments. So but but I got back on track eventually. I found a really great editor who worked with me through everything and I ended up getting self-published just because it would give me more independence as an author. Absolutely. And you can pick your own cover design and handle every aspect of it yourself, which is really amazing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm so impressed that you were able to handle that rejection. It's still tough to hear that somebody doesn't like your work, but you just have to keep going. So I'm so impressed with your tenacity there. Thank you so much. Yeah. So can you tell listeners a little bit about what The Black Sisterhood Files is about and what was your inspiration? Was it that Stephen King novel? Yeah, of course. So it's about a group of six girls and their adventure to endure the identity of a mysterious killer who has massacred their hometown. It includes also some elements of coming of age and their developments and the changes in their life as they grow up because I wanted to include a little bit of some aspects from my own life, because as a teenager, my life is constantly fluctuating, all my circumstances, environment, friends, and I wanted to share a little bit portion of that in my book. So actually, I was inspired to write it based on a couple novels I read, a couple of novels I read, mostly the first Stephen King book I read. He's just an author whose work has been really impactful um, in my life and in my writing career. And also just because I took a look at my own life with the perspective as if it was a murder mystery novel. And that was really interesting because, for example, my own life, as I mentioned before, the book includes many elements of how these girls are growing up and coming of age and learning to face different challenges in life. And I feel as if that was inspired a lot by me because, um, you know, when, when you're a teenager, you do undergo a lot of changes, environmental, mental changes in your life. And I wanted to share that in my book for readers to be able to empathize and connect with the characters as I am aiming for a younger um, reader group. That's so incredible. So what's your writing routine or your process like now? Do you get to write in the mornings before school or after school? Do you write on weekends? So I don't actually get the chance to write every day because I am pretty busy with homework and school and um, marketing my first book. However, I do try to get some writing in, as you mentioned, on the weekends and also in the mornings right before my classes start because I do want to keep up that fashion of writing every single day. That's amazing. And you're doing Bookstagram. Yeah. You have so many things on your plate. It's amazing how organized you are. Yeah, thank you. Unfortunately, my account recently got hacked, so I'm trying to regrow a new one, but I'm really grateful for everyone's support on it so far. It's been difficult, but yeah. I know. That's so unfair. 
We're going to link your Instagram in the show notes and everybody go follow Christina. She's amazing. And you post such great content. You're going to go very, very far. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you. In school, are writing courses or English, what are your favorite subjects right now? My favorite subject, I would say, is definitely English, just because I'm so into writing and reading. And I've had amazing English teachers over the years, teachers who are actually able to, um, you know, give me books to read that will benefit me. And teachers are able to understand the fact that I'm really ambitious about reading and writing. Because um, the best quality of a teacher, I would say, is the ability to connect and communicate with the student in a way that will make them an effective learner. And I'm really grateful to say that my love for reading and writing actually developed also because of a third grade teacher I had who was just so also I feel like she shared a passion a similar passion with me on reading and writing she helped me cultivate and develop it and I'm really grateful for that teachers are incredible they're so influential yeah yeah for sure they play a large role in many people's lives your teachers and your peers and your friends must be so impressed with you and reading your own book and inspired by what you're doing. Well, yeah, I mean, it's always really great to receive messages or just comments from my classmates who said they read my book. It's one of the most fulfilling feelings because to know that, you know, my classmates and my peers are actually reading something I wrote and published, it's just amazing. And I'm really grateful for the people who've supported me through it. That is so cool. And so do you write your books longhand, like with a pen and paper, or do you type them on the computer? Yeah, so I actually, I create all the... um, character arcs and redemption arcs and everything in a journal, then I do the final process and implement it into a computer because it's much easier to write that way and also edit. I'm just, I'm always curious about process and detail and how everybody organizes their writing character arcs, their plot. Do you do a lot of research for your books before you dive into the writing and the plotting? I guess it really depends on the book or the story you're writing because, for example, for this one as, um, Most of the events, well, actually all of the events were entirely fictional and I made them up. I didn't have to do much research, for example, if it was a nonfiction novel, but obviously I have to do tons of research. However, I did do research on some landmarks in Parkersburg, West Virginia, which is where it takes place. For example, Parkersburg High School is actually a real high school. And this is a little bit off topic. I'm getting sidetracked a little bit here, but I did actually have someone who read my book reach out to me saying they graduated from Parkersburg High School which was just incredible. I mean, it really is a small world if you think about it. That is amazing. Yeah, but of course, I did do my research on some locations in Parkersburg. For example, some of the buildings and uh, like, you know, restaurants and schools I used were actually real places in that town of West Virginia. I also did research on how murder mysteries are usually solved, how detectives act in that case, how police act in the case, how everything goes down, just to give my book a sense of reality for readers not to get confused. Oh, that's so smart. Thank you so much. I also want to ask you about, you're a writer for Ariana Huffington's Thrive Global. How did that opportunity come about? What sorts of things do you write for Thrive? Yeah, so you can actually check out my author page on Thrive just by searching my name up on the website, Thrive Global. And I have a couple articles there. You can check out my page and all my social medias are linked there too. So yeah, I actually have to update my Instagram with the new one. But um, so back in May, I wrote to Ariana Huffington and I asked her for the opportunity to write for Thrive Global because I actually 
since that website launched in 2016, I was really inspired by it. And I was inspired by um, Ms. Huffington's motive to reduce stress burnout and just have people have a more have more mindfulness and a more optimistic outlook on the entirety of life. So I really wanted to write for that site and I reached out to her, I asked if I could be a contributor and to my just colossal surprise, she actually answered me a couple weeks later and she gave me that fantastic opportunity. So I, you know, I, I set up a I set up an account with her help and I've been writing a um, couple articles for her since then on topics such as mindfulness, how to sustain relationships during quarantine with friends and family, a little bit about my journey as an author too, and how I maintained resilience even with all the challenges I underwent, and mainly just, again, topics on thoughtfulness, mindfulness, and how to cultivate creativity. That's incredible and such valuable resources for people of any age. In general, what is the best part and what is the worst part of being an author? The best part is probably having people reach out to you saying they enjoyed your work. I mean, I light up with joy whenever I see a post with my book or somebody message me in regards to my book or just, or just honestly anything to do with that because it frankly, it gets me, it's, it gets me so, so excited to see that people out there are actually reading and enjoying and sharing about my work. The worst part I would say is seeing not so good reviews. Because I try just for mental health purposes to not really look at reviews every single day because I know that can be pretty detrimental to me. And I just want to stay focused on my own course. However, I do obviously look at reviews on Amazon and Goodreads occasionally. And it does, you know, it does, it's not really the best feeling when you see a two star or one star review because I have obviously gotten a couple of those. I mean, but I've tried to embrace the fact that not everybody out there is going to enjoy my work and I should write for myself. And, you know, obviously for others too, but I'm mainly writing for myself because it's my passion. and I'm really, really into writing. So, yeah. No, it's true. It's so tough in something like English and writing and being an author. It's subjective. It's not like math where there's a right or wrong answer. Yeah, that's completely right. Yeah. So, no, don't ignore those naysayers. There's too many good people and supporters in your corner. Yeah, I always like to think about it that way that... Um, honestly, all my supporters outweigh the people who aren't so, I guess you could say, who aren't so supportive about my novel. And I'm really, really thankful for that. So at 13, you have already accomplished so much and you seem to know exactly what you want to do in life, which is something that many adults struggle with or are still trying to figure out no matter where you are in what phase of life. What advice do you have for young people or really people of all ages who might like to be in your shoes and write a book someday, but just don't know how or don't know what steps to take? I would say just you don't have to follow any social constructs. You don't have to do what anybody tells you to do. And honestly, if you love to write, then just go for it. There is nothing stopping you except for yourself. And at the end of the day, you're the only one who actually makes the decisions for yourself and your future. You're the one who shapes your future. So if you want your future to be an author or a lawyer or a famous singer or actress, then you should start shaping that and having the outlook that it will work out. Because if you do put in the correct work, if it's something that you're actually passionate about, then it will work out. And I can tell you that for sure. 
Oh my gosh, you're just so inspiring. Thank you so much. Thank you. What are you up to in the short term? Are you working on school and marketing the next couple months? Yes. So I'm actually currently in the process of starting my second novel. And it's been a little bit difficult because I just started eighth grade and we have tons of homework and assignments as the beginning of the school year. And Honestly, I don't mean to talk bad, but some of my teachers simply just don't have sympathy for the fact that we're in the middle of a global pandemic and things are already hard as they are because they've no been kidding. Yeah, they've been assigning just way too much. And I'm trying to I'm trying to also take some time for myself because I know how it's how important it is to um, you know, take take time for my mental health and for myself because Actually, this is one of my favorite quotes by Ariana Huffington, a car without gas can't drive properly. And that's basically, I guess, a vicarious implication of a person without energy or passion cannot function properly. And if you tie yourself out, you will naturally lose the passion, even if it's something you're regularly really passionate about. And I honestly felt that way a couple weeks ago because I had just overworked myself to the point where I completely lost passion for writing, marketing, everything I used to love. But then I took um, a couple, I would say about maybe two weeks just for myself. I deleted all my social media apps and I just, every single day I would remind myself that I'm writing because I love to write and because it's something I've been passionate about since I was a really young kid. And that helped me gain a lot of my motivation and inspiration back. You are honestly so wise beyond your years and so introspective. That means a lot to me. Thank you so much. What, do you think that was influenced by your family or you've always been like this kind of since you were born, really? My family has really influenced that because um, my family, I guess they never underestimated me and they always pushed me to, the be, to be the best version of myself because they knew, I guess, that I had potential, that I was capable of achieving what I wanted to achieve. So they always just pushed me to be the best version of myself and to always if I found a book challenging I can't just put it down I have to I have to read it because you know that's going to help me learn my vocabulary that's going to help me learn new things and get a different perspective on life it's not just about that it's also if I fail a school test or something you can't just give up you have to learn the material you have to retry again because in life you, we all make mistakes that's just that's just rudimentary that's where we're we're all human However, it's not about the actual mistake you make. It's about what you do after that. Whether you pick yourself up and you learn from your mistakes and you don't repeat it, or if you just continue to sink lower and you repeat the same mistakes and you don't learn from what you did before in the past, that wasn't exactly correct. Wow, you are going to go so far in life with that mentality and that innate drive and it's um, kudos to your parents, but also to you for everything you have accomplished. And your your out, your outlook and your mindset is also very motivating and inspiring for so many people. Thank you so much. That makes me really happy to hear. I do hope that I, I can help, you know, inspire and motivate someone because it just, I know for myself that personally, if I'm inspired or motivated by a person, that, automatic, that um, autonomously just... Um, raises them before my eyes and I would love to think that I inspired someone out there that'd be such a rewarding feeling it's like that teacher who inspired you in third grade you're doing that for so many people right now I would yeah I would love to think that yeah and you're gonna keep doing it for years ahead yeah I 
I will. I, I also wanted to ask you, because you mentioned you deleted social media a couple weeks ago. You were feeling burnt out and stressed. That's something I do as well for self-care. I just need to take a break. I'm really curious, at 13, you're in high school. Social media is huge in your generation. What are your thoughts on it? Do you think it's a negative thing, a good thing? I think it really depends on exactly how you look at it, because um, in many ways, social media is actually really positive. For example, for me, it helps me connect with my readers and new readers and just um, new authors and, you know, podcast owners. But I guess it can be a really toxic environment sometimes because there are a lot of, I guess, I don't want to use binary terms, but there are a lot of bad people on social media, a lot of hate on social media. So I feel as if even... Like, I would say Bookstagram is a really positive environment. I rarely ever see any hate on that platform because everybody's just so supportive of one another. And that's why I actually decided to become a part of that community because it's it's my niche, first of all, writing and reading, and also because there is very little hate. However, hate does still exist on social media. And I think it's really good for everyone to just detoxify and stay away from that for at least one week, I guess, it, it doesn't really matter what exactly what the time span is. Whatever is requisite for you to, I guess, stay, stay away from the toxic environment for as long as possible in order to, re, you know, reconnect with yourself. Definitely, yeah. I recently watched the Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma. So it got me curious to ask you specifically what your thoughts were on it. But definitely taking breaks for your mental health is crucial. Yeah. For sure. My last question is we've talked about your next couple months, but I would love to know what you hope to accomplish next. What are your future goals and dreams in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it may be? I would say become the author of over 10 novels because I want to keep writing. I don't know. I actually, um, I'm not really sure yet if I want to pursue the career of an author full-time, but I do know that it's going to be something that I preserve for my entire life. I want to keep writing novels and keep connecting with new readers and just building my reader base because, again, writing is something I have a very, very profound passion for alongside reading, and I'll never, I just, I never want to stop doing it. So long-term, I feel like I want to pursue a career in a different area. I've always really been particularly interested in law, actually, so, however, I do always want to keep writing as something I will preserve for my entire life. Wow, I, that's great. I could see you as an, an incredible lawyer. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And the law uses language as well. It's about storytelling, presenting arguments, which you do in books. So I could definitely see that. Yeah, it really does require a deep knowledge of, I guess, literature and language and also writing because... Being a lawyer does require tons of writing, so I guess something I would be really interested in. Yeah, you would be great at it. Do you have any ideas of where you would want to go to college, university, or law school? I mean, I guess this is pretty much everyone's typical answer. Obviously, something like Columbia Law or Harvard Law, because those are really prestigious universities. I actually was also looking at Oxford University all the way in England, because it's um, a fantastic law school. And I've actually always wanted to live in Europe my whole life. It's something that I've wanted for a long time. So, you know, those are the pretty obvious answers because they're colleges. Anyone would want to get into very prestigious, very well known. However, all I can say is I just want to get into a good college that will secure me a, you know, a good, 
reputation that can help me get into a law school and then from there on out actually practice law in a firm. I always believe if you say it out loud, you kind of put it out into the universe and you will achieve it. So I think it's great you said those out loud. And I have no doubt you'll go to Harvard Law, Columbia Law, you'll get into Oxford, wherever you want to go. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. So actually on that topic, I'm sorry, I just wanted to quickly mention that I do completely agree with you. And I guess manifesting with the universe's energy is something that can actually work for you because it's the energy you put out there that will come, that will revert back to you. A hundred percent. I totally believe in manifestation yeah. and the law of attraction. I guess it's just a vicarious form of karma, maybe. Absolutely. Very well said. Yeah, thank you. What are you reading right now? And who are your favorite authors other than Stephen King, of course? So as of right now, I'm actually reading Normal People by Sally Rooney. I picked it up at my local library a couple of days ago, and I haven't gotten much reading done lately, unfortunately. For example, September was a horrible reading month for me. I only, I think... I only managed to read around four books just because I was completely just very busy with starting school and marketing. However, I've gotten back to reading in October. I've picked up a bunch of books recently at my library. As of right now, I'm, I'm reading Normal People by Sally Rooney. Have you heard of that book? Yes, I've read it. It's great. It is quite, I guess, adult content in some particular scenes. But yeah, I've read plenty of books like that. So, you know, it's yeah, nothing really new for me because I've always... Um, actually read books that are, I guess, for, I don't know, I don't really know how to put it, but I guess books that are above my age, my, yeah, above my audience and my, above my age level. As of right now, my favorite authors would probably be, you know, Stephen King and George Orwell. I recently read a couple of Orwell's works, just Animal Farm in 1984, and I really fell in love with his writing style. Oh, I love 1984. Yeah, it's such a great book. Mm -hmm. Do you, what books do you have to read this year for English class in the eighth grade? So we actually haven't determined that yet because our first project starts, a uh, project like that starts in November. However, I do have a suspicion, that, well, not a suspicion, but I do have a hunch that it might be where the crawdads scene. Oh, amazing. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I've actually already read that book, but my English teacher did hint at the fact that it might be that. Oh, that's so cool. It's a modern one. We had to read The Catcher in the Rye. Oh, The Catcher in the Rye. I did read that book, I think, a couple months ago sometime in the summer. I love that book. Thank you so much for speaking with me tonight. It was incredible. I can't wait to connect with you again and to see all the amazing things you do in the world. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you. It was such a pleasure getting to speak with 13-year-old best-selling author Christina Nadanova. If you want to connect with her online, her website is Christina, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A dot co, and her Instagram handle is Christina dot N-A-Y D-O-N-O-V-A, Christina dot Nadanova. That's it for today's episode of the Word Weaver podcast. If you like what you heard today, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes, screenshot and share it on social media, and be sure to check out the show notes at louiseclairjohnson.com slash podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Word Weaver podcast. Until next time. You call it substance over style.